Hi, I'm Johan, and welcome to a special edition of the Burning Rooms podcast. This episode is part of a series called Burning Rooms Solo Stories. If you listen to any of our episodes we've done over the past few years, you would have heard our mandate at the beginning of each episode. Burning Rooms, where we have the conversations, share the stories to strengthen your corporate and personal prayer life. In this series, we're going to focus on the stories aspect of that mandate. We are currently unable to meet as a team in this time of quarantine, so we decided let's let our audience get a taste of who we are as individuals. Let's share the stories that are meaningful to us. Whether it's something we've read, studied, personal story from our life, let's let our personalities and our creativity come out as individuals and share some stories. So these episodes will be very different than what you're used to. So come with us along on this journey as we bring you this limited series of Burning Rooms solo stories. So let's get to the story. Hello, folks. It has been a while since I've been able to be on the Burning Rooms podcast. And man, without Johan and the team here, I definitely don't think I can generate the kind of awkward sort of funny conversation that uh, that I hope we've become famous for. But but all the same, I'm excited to spend some time with you today and, and just share a few stories that the Lord has put on my heart. So I'm Brian Neistater. Today I want to share just a series of stories that I'm going to call the coming wave of burning messengers. I, I want to take you guys back with me around four or five years or so ago, actually probably five or six. And I was sitting in our prayer room and we had a, a friend of our house of prayer named Taylor Stutz. He's a YWAM missionary. He's been a YWAM missionary for years. And somewhere along the line, there became a connection between him and our house of prayer when him and his wife would come out for summers just to have a bit of vacation time before going back to their work with YWAM. And he would come to our house of prayer and he would just tell mission stories. We sometimes joke that you sometimes feel like in the prayer movement, you don't always get out much. And we spend a lot of time praying for things, but we don't always see the fruit or the larger picture of what the Lord is doing through the things we're praying for. And so we would just get him to share stories from the mission field, like what's God doing, what's happening in different nations. So this particular Sunday he came in and it was similar to some of the other times he's been there. He's talking about what the Lord is doing. Um, you know, in, in Asia and in different nations of the world, um, Bibles are going out, the gospel's going forth, just, just good stuff. There's no hype in what he's saying, but it's just good. It's encouraging things. And, and then he, he turns and he starts talking a little bit about this ministry going on in North America at the time. And, and now it's, it's broader than North America. They're going into Europe, other nations, but, but it was called circuit riders, how the Lord was using these teams of young adults to go to university campuses and share the gospel. As he's sharing this, as he's just talking about it, and again, not really like trying to drum up any enthusiasm or anything. He's just telling what the Lord is doing. All of a sudden, I get just hit by a wave of emotion and I'm weeping. Like I am just, I am physically just weeping. I'm shaking under the emotion of it. Like I'm just getting racked by, by this thing. And you know, sometimes when you're in a great worship time and you know, your heart is getting encountered by the Lord and you start tearing up a little bit. Well, this is not what I was experiencing. I was like both eyes just pouring tears. A Kleenex wouldn't have helped. I almost needed a towel. I'm just like, you know, rubbing my palms into my 
eyes just trying to get the the tears out of there wiping it off on my jeans like i'm just a mess and in the middle of it i'm just asking holy spirit as i'm getting hit by this emotion like what on earth is going on what's going on what's happening and i knew the lord was highlighting the circuit riders but i had no idea why and so what i want to talk about is the journey the lord began to take me on after that sunday and so I was aware of the ministry of YWAM Circuit Riders. I knew that it had started a number of years earlier, actually, but I didn't actually know the story of how it started. And I'm not going to even tell you the whole story. I, I'm going to refer you to on the Sean Bolts podcast a number of years ago. He did an interview with Amy Ward. And Amy Ward is a prophetic voice in the YWAM movement. And she had a powerful encounter like around 2008, 2009, something like that, that actually sparked the, the circuit rider move. And so I would encourage you, if you're interested in hearing that story, to hear the whole story. But I'm going to just shorten it to say this. The Lord spoke clearly to her that he was reviving the ministry of the circuit riders. So what does that even mean? Well, Back in the 1700s, John Wesley, that might be a familiar name, he was one of the key voices in the First Great Awakening. John Wesley came over to North America, ended up going back um, to the UK after that. And when he came back again to North America, he wanted to bring and call some young missionaries to come with him. And one of the men who said yes to that call was Francis Asbury. Francis Asbury became known as the as the first circuit rider. And, and I was looking online and some of the, the estimates are that he rode well over 250,000 miles on horseback. I've seen estimates 250 to 300,000 miles on horseback during his lifetime, which is just crazy. And what he did is he called a young generation to lay down their lives to preach the gospel. And so what they would do is they would assign territories, these circuits, to these different preachers, and they would get on their horses and ride from town to town, community to community, sometimes just visiting a household at a time. So just a household of, you know, four or five people at a time, sometimes larger crowds of people. And they brought the gospel across the American frontier. And so it's, it's wild. Many of these messengers died before they were 30. I mean, this is the, the 1700s. It's a wild west. Things were a little bit crazy. There was no best western hotel for them to, to stay in overnight. So, I mean, they didn't have a lot of money. These guys weren't well educated. They fell prey to sickness. They fell prey to robbers, all sorts of different things along the way. But they were laying down their lives, this movement of messengers to spread the gospel and to disciple a nation in the 1700s. And so I just thought, wow, that's, that's kind of wild. And the picture I have scripturally for this is Matthew 9. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And I'll, I'll just stop even there because what blows me away about this and, and what I love is that Jesus didn't just go to the big cities. Every town, uh, the, the villages, like he, it says he went to all of them and, and it doesn't mean that he literally went to every single village in all of, you know, Israel. I would have taken a lot of time and so he later sent his disciples out to do this. But, but this was part of his ministry, going to the small out of the way places that these places mattered to him. You know, our, our, our little country towns here in in our nation of Canada the small out of the way places it's not just the Calgary's and the Edmonton's and the Toronto's and the Vancouver's that the Lord cares about you know it's these little places like 
Esterhazy, Saskatchewan or Fanestel, Manitoba, or, you know, I'm, I'm just like just small out of the way sort of places. He loves these communities. His heart is for them. So anyway, Jesus was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I love this because often when we look across our nation, we think, oh man, we're in trouble. And that's that's the right thing to say. We are in trouble. Like we do not have a strong and vibrant church in our nation right now. Our church is, we have some strong churches, but there are very few churches. I, I'm not aware actually of a single one that is bringing profound revival and transformation to a city. There's many churches where there's profound transformation happening within that church, but I'm not seeing entire towns and cities and communities transformed. And I, I'm sure there's, there's, there's a few of them somewhere, but I, I certainly haven't heard of them that are actually shifting the culture of their region and of, of entire provinces. But these ones here, like Jesus comes and he's, he sees these crowds and he says they're like sheep without a shepherd. He understands their need for, for leadership like the leadership he brings. And he says to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And his heart, he looks at it, and instead of saying this is a helpless situation, I think when he looks at Canada, instead of saying this is a hopeless situation, there's so much godlessness, what's our hope? Instead, he looks and he sees through eyes of faith, and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And so we, we hear his heart for a nation. We hear the burning desire of Jesus's heart for a nation to be reached. And when he says send out workers, I think what he means are workers who look like him. If you go through Matthew 8 and 9, you see that it's just miracle after miracle, the power of God and the preaching of the gospel going hand in hand. And these are the kind of messengers the Lord is looking to raise up, these, these circuit riders. And then he sends them out in Matthew 10 and actually sends them out to go into these different communities. So around this time, I started connecting with, and our house of prayer was connecting with some teams that were coming out from a small little college in Eston, Saskatchewan called Eston College. And uh, the ministry was called Martyr's Life. And I love these guys. I love these guys to this day. Their director right now is Brian Carswell. Back then it was Nathan Densley. These teams of, it was like 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds who are getting trained in the school, but then going and visiting uh, cities and towns and communities and preaching the gospel on the streets, praying for the sick, praying for the broken and having some really incredible testimonies of lives being transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I heard about this ministry called Street Invaders that was actually here in Canada. It's been running for 30 years where they train teens in the, and equip teens in the power of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, to pray for the sick. And there's a history of decades of miracles through these ministries and decades of salvations, people coming to know the Lord through Street Invaders. And Martyr's Life has been running for around 10 years right now. And it just, it blew my mind because it's like, ah, oh, this is what I'm seeing in the Bible. This is what I see Jesus training up his disciples for, to walk out their faith with boldness. And there's so many mission ventures right now that are taking the gospel into other nations. And I have friends in other nations and I love it. I'm 110% behind it. 
I, I just absolutely love that sending of, of messengers into the nations. But I also have this question of who is taking the gospel into Canada? Who is taking it into these small little towns and villages? Who's taking it into the, the small country town with this independent spirit where many of the people think, ah, I don't even really need God. I can make it work on my own. I'm, I'm a good enough person. Who's taking the gospel into the north? And in our discussion of unreached people groups, so often I think what's being missed is just this, this reality of we got people right here in Canada who have not heard a true presentation of the gospel in their lives. They might even have churches in their community, but they've never heard a true presentation of the gospel. And so I, I believe it's on the Lord's heart to raise us up. But let's let's get back into the storyline here. I, I, uh, I switch over into preaching mode a bit, I think. So anyway, a, a year or two ago, there's Facebook or Instagram, and I, I see this post, and it's a picture of this old-style tent. You know, the, the kind of tents that they use for weddings, things like that. I actually made some of those in a, in a job that I used to have. But I, I see this picture, and the caption underneath is about how the Lord had given this guy in the States um, a vision to set up tents, and that the Lord was going to release revival and healing through these tents. And I, I read it, and I thought, well, okay, that's... Whatever. I mean, bless the guy. That's that's why I thought, bless the guy. That's cool. It sounds like a 50s model of doing ministry, but bless him. He wants to do it. Awesome. Didn't really think anything of it. But the next morning, I'm in an early morning prayer meeting. It's like 6.37 in the morning. And as I'm praying, all of a sudden, I just remember that in the early 1900s in Winnipeg, a man set up tents on the banks of the Red River here in Winnipeg. And revival was released. And suddenly, before I even kind of know what's going on, I am just praying at the top of my lungs as I like to do like Lord release the tents Lord release the tents Lord send revival send your spirit and it's like I'm praying it and as I'm praying it I'm thinking what is going on like I don't have loads of these moments but I'm telling you several of them here and so I'm like what on earth is going on like why am I praying for tents and so the the post I saw online it was a a YWAM post so I I go and uh just you know, text my buddy uh, Taylor Stutz and just ask him like, hey, what's the story behind this thing? Like, <laughs> I just got like blown away by this thing. What's going on? And so he connects me with the guy who wrote it, Graham Marshall, who is on staff with The Send and with YWAM. And he's actually down in Huntington Beach. And so we do a, just a FaceTime audio call. And so he starts to tell me about an encounter that he had with the Lord, which is just, it's mind blowing. And essentially the Lord told him, that he was going to send out tents and send out the gospel across America and raise up these messengers who are going to take it across America in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in one of the confirmations the Lord gave him was this prophetic word that someone texted him just as he was in the middle of his encounter with the Lord. Someone texted him this prophetic word given by Jill Austin in the earlier 2000s about the Lord you know, sending out these tents and anointed worship and circuit riders being sent out. And so this was his confirmation. And so he's telling me this stuff and my heart is like burning. I'm like, oh, this, this so resonates with me. And, and he says, yeah. And he's like, dude, like, I, I want to be honest with you. Like the Lord, you know, he spoke these things over America. So I don't know what he's saying over other nations, but he said, I don't know. He said, so like, just take it to the Lord. And so you know, I'm, I'm asking the Lord about it, but there was something about the Jill Austin word that he read that was just, it was just like, I think I've read this word somewhere. So like we do now in, in this generation, I Googled the prophetic word. So I Googled Jill Austin. I know that she was a, a prophetic voice, even instrumental in some of the earlier days of IHOP as well. And so I'm like, 
Yeah, I, I'm just going to Google this word. So I Googled Jill Austin tent word. And of course, I find it. I find the text of this prophetic word. And so she's prophesying the Lord, like raising up anointed worship of these tents going out across the nation of circuit riders of the glory of God falling in in these tent meetings, people getting saved and and circuit riders going forth, just all of this stuff. And what blew me away as I'm reading it is like, she gave this word at the Prince George House of Prayer. And this word was primarily for Canada. Back before YWAM got their encounter, Amy Ward got her encounter about the Lord raising up circuit riders. It was prophesied over Canada that the Lord was going to raise up anointed messengers in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was going to fuse it together with, with worship and priestly worship, exalting the name of Jesus, and revival was going to be released. And as I was seeing this, my mind is blown. All these different stories, all these different encounters coming together and realizing that the Lord is so serious in this hour about raising up messengers here in the nation of Canada who are going to re-evangelize our nation and who are going to take the gospel all across the nation of Canada. He is going to do it. It's burning on his heart in this hour. Friends, our prayers are not in vain. And one of the things that was hitting me was just this realization that there is something way bigger going on in the heart of God that we've barely even begun to tap into as a prayer movement in our nation. The Lord's heart is burning for Canada. And, and I just want to say in this episode, I, I just want to say with clarity, the Lord is going to mark some of you who are listening as worship evangelists to take the gospel of Jesus across our nation in worship. But it's not about drawing crowds. It's not about drawing people to yourself or to your ministry. It's simply about you exalting the name of Jesus. It's simply about the name of Jesus being lifted high. And in that atmosphere of worship and in that atmosphere of, of exalting the name of Jesus, I believe that God wants to move powerfully to release healing and salvations, and the glory of God. And if you're looking, okay, well, well, where is the ministry that we jump in to do this? Like, I think the Lord actually wants to do this organically, and I think he wants to raise up teams of people from churches and houses of prayer all over our nation. I think one of the new models he wants to release is portable houses of prayer. It's the tent. It's the, the tabernacle of David, where we literally just go to different places. You might not actually use tents, but where we literally go to other places and just lift up hours of worship before him. Now, I have friends in Strasburg, Saskatchewan, Deeper Life Ministries, uh, Adam Tisdale and, and Karina Tisdale and, and their whole team, Josh Parkman, Nathan Cherneski, uh, Brian Tisdale, and I'm missing names, but, but, but these, these folks actually, about a, a year before I even heard this prophetic word about tents, the Lord moved on them and they bought a tent. And the Lord gave them a vision to raise up worship in their area of Saskatchewan right now. Again, there is just something much bigger going on. It's evangelism and priestly worship coming together in our nation. And so all of that being said, let me pray for you. Jesus, I just pray that, that as men and women listen to these words, that 
those you're calling into this, that their heart would burn the same way my heart burned when I heard Taylor Stutz talk about circuit riders. I ask, Lord, that there would be some people who would have be having moments, even in the midst of this, where they are where they are asking the question, what on earth is going on? Lord, I thank you that you're not looking for a man or a woman who's going to lead this movement across Canada. You are going to lead it. It's holy unto you. And so I ask God for fresh faith and fresh fire on our generation. You've been listening to a special edition of the Burning Rooms podcast, Burning Rooms Solo Stories. If you want to find out more information about us, listen to other episodes, find out about our team, find all our social media links, visit us at burningrooms.ca. Also, if you enjoy this content, please leave a review, tell others about our show, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to help us out, help us create new content and improve the podcast, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash burningrooms. Until next time, my name is Johan, and this is the Burning Rooms Podcast. Podcast.